Chapter 6 of Comic History of England. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. This reading by Kara Schallenberg in honor of Jim's university graduation. Comic History of England by Bill Nye. Chapter 6 The Danish Oligarchy. Disaffections attending chronic usurpation proclivities. Edgar was succeeded by his son Edward, called the Martyr, who ascended the throne at the age of fifteen years. His stepmother, Elfrida, opposed him, and favoured her own son, Ethelred. Edward was assassinated in 978 at the instigation of his stepmother, and that's what's the martyr with him. During his reign there was a good deal of ill-feeling, and Edward would no doubt have been deposed, but for the influence of the church under Dunstan. Ethelred was but ten years old when he began reigning. Sadly poor Dunstan crowned him, his own eyes still wet with sorrow over the cruel death of Edward. He foretold that Ethelred would have a stormy reign, with sleet and variable winds, changing to snow. During the remainder of the great prelate's life, he, as it were, stood between the usurper and the people, and protected them from the threatening storm. But in 991, shortly after the death of Dunstan, a great army of Norwegians came over to England for purposes of pillage. To say that it was an allopathic pillage would not be an extravagant statement. They were extremely rude people, like all the nations of northern Europe at that time, Rome being the Boston of the Old World, and Copenhagen the Fort Dodge of that period. The Norwegians ate everything that did not belong to the mineral kingdom, and left the green fields of merry England looking like a baseball ground. So wicked and warlike were they that the sad and defeated country were obliged to give the conquering Norsk ten thousand pounds of silver. Dunstan died at the age of sixty-three and years afterwards was canonized, but firearms had not been invented at the time of his death. He led the civilization and progress of England, and was a pioneer in cherishing the fine arts. Olaf, who led the Norwegians against England, afterwards became king of Norway, with the Danes used to ever and anon sack Great Britain, i.e., eat everybody out of house and home, and then ask for a sack of silver as the price of peace. Ethelred was a cowardly king who liked to wear the implements of war on holidays, and learn to crochet and tat in time of war. He gave these invaders ten thousand pounds of silver at the first, sixteen thousand at the second, and twenty-four thousand on the third trip, in order to buy peace. Olaf afterwards, however, embraced Christianity and gave up fighting as a business, leaving the ring entirely to Swain, his former partner from Denmark, who continued to do business as before. The historian says that the invasion of England by the Norwegians and Danes was fully equal to the assassination, arson, and rapine of the Indians of North America. A king who would permit such cruel cuttings up as these wicked animals were guilty of on the fair face of old England, should live in history only as an invertebrate, a royal failure, a decayed mollusk, and the dropsical head of a tottering dynasty. In order to strengthen his feeble forces, Ethelred allied himself, in 1001, to Richard II, Duke of Normandy, and married his daughter Emma, 
but the Danes continued to make night hideous and elope with ladies whom they had never met before. It was a sad time in the history of England, and poor Emma wept many a hot and bitter tear as she yielded one jewel after another to the pawnbroker in order to buy off the coarse and hateful Danes. If Ethelred were to know how he is regarded by the historian who pens these lines, he would kick the footboard out of his casket and bite himself severely in four places. To add to his foul history, happening to have a few inoffensive Danes on hand, on the 13th of November, the festival of St. Bryce, 1002, he gave it out that he would massacre these people, among them the sister of the Danish king, a noble woman who had become a Christian, only it is to be hoped a better one, and married an English earl. He had them all butchered. In 1003, Swain, with revenge in his heart, began a war of extermination or subjugation, and never yielded till he was in fact king of England, while the royal intellectual polyp, known as Ethelred the Unwholesome, fled to Normandy, in the 1013th year Anno Domini. But in less than six weeks the Danish king died, leaving the sceptre, with the price-mark still upon it, to Canute, his son, and Ethelred was invited back, with an understanding that he should not abuse his privileges as king, and that, although it was a life-job during good behaviour, the privilege of beheading him from time to time was and is vested in the people, and even to-day there is not a crowned head on the continent of Europe that does not recognise this great truth, viz., that God alone, speaking through the united voices of the common people, declares the rulings of the Supreme Court of the universe. On the old autograph albums of the world is still written in the dark corners of empires, The king can do no wrong. But, where education is not repressed, and where that Christianity which is built on love and charity is taught, there can be but one king who does no wrong. Ethelred was succeeded by Edmund, called the Ironside. He fought bravely and drove the Danes, under Canute, back to their own shores, but they got restless in Denmark, where there was very little going on, and returned to England in large numbers. Ethelred died in London, 1016 A.D., before Canute reached him. He was called by Dunstan, Ethelred the Unready, and had a faculty for erring more promptly than any previous king. Having returned cheerily from Ethelred's rather tardy funeral, the people took oath, some of them under Edmund and some under Canute. Edmund, after five pitched battles, offered to stay bloodshed by personally fighting Canute at any place where they could avoid police interference, but Canute declined, on what grounds it is not stated, though possibly on the polo grounds. A compromise was agreed to in 1016, by which Edmund reigned over the region south of the Thames, but very shortly afterwards he was murdered at the instigation of Edric, a traitor, who was the Judas Iscariot of his time. Knut, or Knut, now became the first Danish king of England. Having appointed three sub-kings and taken charge himself of Wessex, Knut sent the two sons of Edmund to Olaf, requesting him to put them to death, but Olaf, the king of Sweden, had scruples, and instead of doing so sent the boys to Hungary, where they were educated. 
Edward afterwards married a daughter of the Emperor Henry II. Canute as king was, after he got the hang of it, a great success, giving to the harassed people more comfort than they had experienced since the death of Alfred, who was thoroughly gifted as a sovereign. He had to raise heavy taxes in order to squire himself with the Danish leaders at first, but finally began to harmonize the warring elements, and prosperity followed. He was fond of old ballads, and encouraged the wandering minstrels, who entertained the king with topical songs till a late hour. Symposiums and after-dinner speaking were thus inaugurated, and another era of good feeling began about half-past eleven o'clock each evening. Queen Emma, the widow of Ethelred, now began to set her cap for Canute, and thus it happened that her sons again became the heirs to the throne at her marriage, A.D. 1017. Canute now became a good king. He built churches and monasteries, and even went on a pilgrimage to Rome, which in those days was almost certain to win public endorsement. Disgusted with the flattering of his courtiers, one day as he strolled along the shore he caused his chair to be placed at the margin of the approaching tide, and as the water crept up into his lap he showed them how weak must be a mortal king in the presence of omnipotence. He was a humble and righteous king, and proved by his example that, after all, the greatest of earthly rulers is only the most obedient servant. He was even then the sovereign of England, Norway, and Denmark. In 1031 he had some trouble with Malcolm, king of Scotland, but subdued him promptly, and died in 1035, leaving Hardicanute, the son of Emma, and Swain and Harold, his sons by a former wife. Harold succeeded to the English throne, Swain to that of Norway, and Hardicanute to the throne of Denmark. In the following chapter, a few well-chosen remarks will be made regarding Harold and other kings. End of chapter 6, read by Kara Schallenberg, on June 3, 2007, in Oceanside, California.